there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. What causes poor health? That's the topic of discussion today. You know, as we are following the political activity that's going on in our world today and um, following the various voices that uh, address the issue of health care, what we really do not hear from these voices is what causes poor health and really what to do about poor health because the voices seem to be focused on a different aspect. That is just providing health care, number one. And number two is providing an insurance plan that will cover health care. So in other words, it's a physician-driven system, setting up a career for physicians and funding the activities of physicians. But what is missing is what causes it and how can you prevent it? And what do people need to do to minimize poor health and maximize positive health. That's what's missing in the argument today. I'd like to address that a little bit today and have you give some thought to it. See, your emotions, your attitudes, and your behavior patterns may be among the major determinants of your health. Now, many, many experts in the area of health agree with that statement. The premise that America's major health problems, namely heart disease, cancer, stroke, suicide, accidents, and homicide, and now we have the COVID-19, are primarily caused by environmental factors and individual behavior, and therefore cannot be solved solely by the medical health services provided. You see, that's the issue. It's namely caused by environmental factors and individual behavior, and therefore need to be solved by altering environmental factors and altering individual behavior. And if you all alter those two factors, you get a significant change in the level of health care that people experience today. Now, some years back, the American Psychological Association created a task force on health research, and they issued a report on the current status and the desire and need for research in the area of consumer education and health-related behavior. The report terms health as one of the most crucial problems facing our, nature, facing our nation. It has been, it is, and probably will be. But the report also notes that our methods of providing and financing health care are nearly exhausted. In other words, we're running out of money. We're running out of options. The cost of health care is escalating to an enormously high level. And the health care delivery system has not kept pace with the evolution over the years in fundamental preventative ideas and fundamental preventative behavior patterns related to health and illness. So in other words, we can do a lot more in the area of preventative health care. We have a lot more leeway there, less cost than we have at the other end of treating ill health, both in terms of the resources available and the cost to do so. That's what's important. So the task force report uh, goes on uh, to talk about the relationship between social class and illness. In other words, at certain social class levels, the lower class levels of our society, illness is greater. So there's a parallel, there's a correlation between the lifestyle of people who live at a lower level of poverty and illness. Now, recently in a podcast, I talked about the issue that divides America. It's not race, it's poverty. If you take the lower poverty group and the higher levels, you find an entirely different level of illness, pattern of illness among those two groups. So illness is related to poverty, 
not racial factors. It also, the task force also draws the relation between hostility and hypertension. In other words, more hostile, more angry, more mean-spirited a person, the more likely blood pressure elevates. And when blood pressure elevates, they put themselves at risk for heart disease and heart dysfunction in some form. So hostility and heart go together. H and H. It's the hypertension. It's the blood pressure of the heart that relates to hostility. In other words, we need to help people understand that hostility needs to be addressed as part of the health care system. If you can lower hostility, you not only lower a social uh, effect in the community but you and in the home, but you affect especially related to the heart. And the research shows that there's a relationship between certain personality types and the heart, the blood pressure, the quality of the blood, the functioning of the blood. People who are very intense in their personality have much more difficulty in the area of heart disease. People who are more calm and more relaxed have less difficulty in the area of heart disease. So personality types, very important. We need to educate people. We need to help people understand that they can alter their personality styles. They can alter their behavioral patterns related to personality. They can calm down. They can relax and get the benefit of that in their heart functioning. And the report also goes on to talk about the relationship between stress and depression and disease. In other words, the higher the stress, the higher the depression, the more likely the person will experience some form of illness, some form of disease that I've just identified, strokes and cancer and uh, heart and accidents and suicide and other kind of things that take place. So there's an interest in the relationship between behavior and cancer as well. That's growing. We're studying that now. Cancer patients do seem to have a pattern of behavior, a pattern of personality. Doesn't necessarily cause cancer, but it may aggravate it. It may cause it. We don't know for sure. But there's a relationship And there's a number of psychologists who are now studying the cancer patient and trying to describe the cancer patient and help the cancer patient alter lifestyle, alter behavior patterns, alter personality. Because they're finding the cancer patient to be rigid, authoritarian, inner-directed, religious, living with ample conflict, having hostile impulses, using excessive repression of affect, holding things in, and having poor emotional outlet. They don't communicate. They're not assertive. They're passive in their communication patterns. So there's data showing now that cancer patients with fast-developing disease are more defensive and over-controlled than patients with slow-developing disease. In other words, the personality style, the behavioral style, if you're controlled, if you're defensive, if you're authoritarian, if you have to have compulsive, obsessive compulsiveness, if you have a disease, it's more likely to advance more rapidly. So you see, there is a relationship here between behavior and disease, behavior and health, behavior and ill health. We need to be more aware of that. It's just not a matter of what you eat. It's just not a matter of whether you get eight hours of sleep or not, although those are very important factors. It isn't just a matter of whether you have a family history of a certain disease or background, although that's a contributing factor also, but it's how you live. It's how you function. It's how you treat people. It's how you treat yourself, how you behave in social situations, how you behave when you're alone. Those are very, very important factors. So the new emphasis on improving health behavior requires greater individual responsibility. 
We need to reduce our dependency on the healthcare system and increase our dependency on our own behavior patterns, our own choices, our own decisions. The Canadian Minister of Health several years ago, Mark LeBon, described the focus of individual behavior as a cultural revolution. Cultural, the individual behavior pattern, the focus on that as it relates to health, is a cultural re- revolution. And it necessitates change in our eating, our driving, our drinking, our smoking, our exercise habits, our social behavior patterns, and so on. And it requires change in our urban and job environments. Health behavior is a phrase we're going to be hearing more and more frequently in the future. It's health behavior that we want to promote, not health care, because health behavior has a chance of preventing the need for health care. It minimizes the need for health care. It moderates the need for health care, and therefore would drive down the cost of health care. Focus on health behavior, healthy behavior. Make some changes. Make some moderations in your lifestyle and begin to benefit from those. Anyway, nice to have you with me. Thanks for joining us. And go to my website, www.booksbyhedberg.com. Pick up the book there, which is a very important book as it relates to stress and healthcare. Achieving and living a healthy lifestyle in a world of stress. That's the title. www.booksbyhedberg.com. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.